God's been good to me. Yeah. Somebody can't hold it. They know that God has been good to me. You got to tell somebody God has been good to me. Yeah, now I'm going to go on and do it. Tell your neighbor God's been good to me. Yes, indeed. We thank God for this opportunity to stand. We bless his holy name. Let us pray. God, we come now to hear from you. We come now on this last day, Lord, knowing that we only got here because of your grace and your mercy and your goodness toward us. So, Lord, we ask that you bless our time right now as we hear from you. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, I thank you that you are my redeemer. I thank you that you are my strength. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You don't have the handout. You can signal to an usher. They'll give it to you. But I want to read the scripture this morning for your hearing. It's found in the prophet Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, verses 18 through 21. And I will read for your hearing. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. The grass withers and the flower fades thereof, but the word of our God shall stand forever. In 1989, there was a college student named Brian Scudamore. Uh, He encountered a tight summer job market, and so he was inspired to start his own business. And after seeing an old junk-hauling truck rumbling along through a McDonald's drive through he came up with an idea to do junk removal. He called his new business the Rubbish Boys. We'll stash your trash in a flash. What began as a pay-for-college quickly turned into a unique business. It was a franchise of professional junk removal. He changed the name, and you might be familiar with it. You might have seen it in your own driveway. I know you've seen it in your neighbor's driveway, but 1-800-GOT-JUNK. He built a brand that would become a household name. He has become the world's largest junk removal service. He is a multimillionaire because he was willing to take care of your junk. He understood people hang on to stuff. They have problems getting rid of their stuff. You and I hold on to our stuff. Our past hurts, harms, mistakes. 
self-impose our own problems ourselves. We get caught up in the coulda, woulda, shoulda. Well, this morning, the Word of God is going to help us to determine how we can move on. Just for a few minutes, I want to talk for this thought, let it go. Now, if we're going to move on and let it go, the text is telling us that the very first thing we need to do is we must forget the past. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Uh, remember here in the text is an imperative. It, it's a must do. Right. And when you remember, remembering kind of operates on two levels. It brings back a time. It can either give you distress or it can give you happiness. Right. Your yesterdays become todays. You get distressed all over again. You get angry and you get upset about something happened. Or you can have joy because you can remember some good times. Here, remembering means to recall that memory. And Israel in the text was remembering some times and they were stuck as they were stuck in Babylonian captivity, their minds went back to some old times. Their minds went back to when God had delivered their ancestors out of captivity. Now, what's interesting is that this Israel is not the same as before. However, they did the same thing as the other, rebellion and disobedience. And they found themselves in captivity. And in finding themselves in captivity, they wanted God to do the same thing he did for their ancestors. You know what he did. Uh, he departed the Red Sea. And then when he parted the Red Sea, he allowed them to go over and start on the track to the promised land. Israel at this time was looking for God to do the same thing. They were stuck. So God, through the prophet, sends this word to them. Remember not the former things. Don't get stuck on what I did. I'm God. I can do what I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it. Don't get stuck there. So he sends this prophet to them and tells them, forget what I did. Don't even ponder on it. Don't even consider it. And I say to you today, just as they were stuck, many in here today are stuck in your own past. This 365th day of the year, in the year of our Lord, 2023, you stuck. And God doesn't want you to be stuck. You holding on to stuff that happened in 2010, hey. Fix it up. 1990, Fix it up. 2020. You holding on to stuff that you didn't even know you was holding on to. You know who I'm talking about. Them haters. Real or imagined, you still holding on to them. The one that betrayed you, you know that low down, dirty dog. Every dog got their day and a good one got two. You, you, you know what it is, that one that lied on you, the one that smiled in your face, 
and all the time wanted to take your place. The OJs call that backstabbing. You know who I'm talking about. You're looking for God to fix them and to fix it. But the reality is God wants to fix you before he fixes them. When you're stuck, you can't see things. But preacher, my issues are important to me. They hurt me. I can't let it go. I don't want to let it go. I want to remember every time I sin. Wow. But here in this text, you can't get stuck. You can't ponder and consider those things. Because when you consider them, you weigh them mentally. You, and you give them careful thought. And you kind of just stir it up. And you find yourself stuck. You find yourself not being able to move on. And when you are in that manner, you have to take charge of your situation and forget your past. Amen. Uh, that imperative has a twofold implication. On one hand, the past can keep you down. Well, well. Your mistakes, your disappointments, your regrets, they can keep you from walking in God's will. Uh, you build walls, and in a real way, you defeat your own self. Uh, your negative past can lead you to live in rebellion and disobedience. And on the other hand, the prophet is telling Israel and is telling us that if you forget how you were delivered before, you already know God can deliver you. You need to focus on what God can do for you. He's a powerful God. Uh, here in the prophet in Isaiah 43, he reminded Israel of who he was, yeah, yeah. the Holy One. I'm the one that redeemed you. I'm the one that brought you out. I'm the one that takes care of you. All right. All right now. Just as God, through this prophet, is telling Israel that he takes care of them, he takes care of you and I. Amen. And so when we forget our past, there's consolation for us that God is still with us. We don't need to try to put God in a box to fix our situation. All right now. Because he can fix it another way than other than what we think he ought to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you've been there. Lord, I need you yeah. to get them fired so I can get that position. <laughs> Lord, this supervisor is thrown off. I need you to remove them. Right. You've been there. You ain't been there, you know somebody been there. But God operates the way God wants to. We can't use him the way we want to. Now, he is a faithful God. He is a God that hears our humble cry. He is a God that knows when we have trouble. But in order to take care of us, he's going to take care of us his way. He's going to deliver us his way, the mistakes we've made in life, the regrets that we have, God is going to help us to handle those mistakes. Amen. But we've got to forget the past. Yes, yes. We've got to let it go. All right. And when you let it go, you allow yourself to get rid of this stuff, to lay aside all of the weight of that and move into a new beginning. Tomorrow is January 1st, 2024. That's a new year. 
God wants you to move into this new year and a new day and remind yourself of what Jeremiah tells us. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And God wants us to see his new mercies. And so we don't have to be swallowed up by the past. Oh, we've experienced his grace and mercy every year we've experienced it. We've come through a pandemic. We've come through and we're still dealing with inflation. God is taking care of us. And the reason I know he's taking care of us, because I can see all of y'all and I know that the grace of God has got you here. So we're not here because we've been all let the piece of change. No, it's by his grace and his mercy. Knowing that we've sinned, knowing that we've made mistakes, knowing that we've fallen short, knowing that we ain't living up to everything we ought to, knowing all about dirt, God is still taking care of us. You have to forget the past. You can't let it hold you down. And, and the scriptures help us to see some characters that understood that you have to forget your past. Uh, in Genesis 5, 50, 19, and 20, we read where Joseph had to forget what his brothers did to him. And he says, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. If Joseph tried to get revenge, he couldn't do what God wanted him to do. If Joseph tried to get his brothers back, he couldn't do what God wanted him to do. You can't fix the past. It is what it is. Paul says in Philippians 2.13, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. You must forget the past. And if you're going to move on, the second thing I want you to see in this text is that you must let go by focusing on the present. You must focus on the present. Verses 19 and 20, we, we see some key words here in this text. And what God wanted Israel to do was to focus on the right now. And when you are stuck and you're held captive by your hurts, you lose God's perspective. When you were regularly praying, but you get stuck, you stop praying. You stop doing all of the things, and you get out of rhythm with God. And you get disjointed, and you be trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Well, what's wrong with you is you're stuck. All right now. You're holding on to stuff. All right now. You start trying to get revenge. Hey. You start trying to fix folk. Well. Fix yourself. Amen. You, you start trying to get folk right. You had the conversation, girl, if I had a chance, I'd let them know how it really is. And how it really is is what you ought to be talking to God about. Amen. But when you're stuck, you turn from God's will and his way. Amen. You look for him to deliver you your way. Hey. You add to the junk that you're already carrying. Hey. You make it worse. Yes. You know when you didn't get the promotion. 
And you say, Lord, you know I was supposed to get that promotion. And then you have to wind up training the person that got the promotion. And then you don't want to train them. But actually, you say, that's your opportunity to train them in the kind of way you want to. Hello. We can't make God do it our way. But he wants us to focus on Amen. the present. Amen. Here in this text, we see a word that says behold. That's the idea of seeing. We see another word in there, doing and do. And, and it has the idea of carrying out. It's, it's an idea of, of, of looking to what's going to happen. Uh, the text says it's a new thing. A new thing meaning it's original. They ain't never seen it before. Amen. It's a new thing. God's going to do something for you that you ain't never seen before. Yes, yes. You can't see it because you're looking back. And he says, look for the right now. Amen. And when you focus on the right now, you're going to be reminded he's the same God that delivers. But he's the God that's going to do it a new way. Amen. Focus on what God is doing for you right now. Rooted and grounded is waiting on you. Yes. Purpose-driven life is waiting on you. That could be what God wants you to do right now Amen. so that you don't focus on what you didn't do, but you're focusing on what you are doing, focusing on the present. Uh, Israel wanted a Red Sea deliverance. God had a hard no on that. All right. I did that already. I can do that. He says to them, you got a perception problem. Your, per your perception problem is because you're blinded by captivity. Hey. You're blinded by sin. Well. They were putting God in a box, and the prophet is telling them how God is going to deliver them. He was going to take them through a wilderness, take them through a desert. He was going to take them through uninhibited land in redeeming them and freeing them. And this time, instead of drying up a sea, he was going to turn dry land into waterways. Right. God was going to take care of them a new way. And then when he says he's going to take care of his people because he's going to give them drink yes. in a dry land, oh, he's doing it a new way. Amen. The prophet here was encouraging them to remind them that God has your back. Yes, yes. In this chapter, he says... God tells you and I, you are mine, and I am the Lord thy God. Yeah, yeah. And when you think about what God can do for you in the present, you won't have time to think about what that book of bad did to you a long time ago. <laughs> when you think about God in the present, you don't have time to be talking about, I ain't going to fool with them. No, you think about what God is doing for you. Change your perspective. Yeah, yeah. He asked the question, do you perceive it? Well, well. Do you understand? Do you, do you see? Do you know what God is doing? Well, you can't know if you ain't trying to focus on God. Well. And change your perspective from the past to the present. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the present, the perspective is the ability to see beneath the outward form. Yeah. You got to have the right perspective. When you're living in the present. Amen. Read a story about a father that had twin boys. And the twin boys had 
different orientations. One was more of a negative child. One was more of a positive child. Uh, the negative child was one that would always look at the glass half empty. The positive child would look at the glass as half full. And so dad decided that he would do an experiment. And so he set up two rooms. In one room, he put toys, all of the nice, expensive toys, PS5, Fortnite, all of those Madden. I mean, he had that thing souped up for the twin that was the negative twin, and he put him in the room. For the positive twin, he put him in a room that was full of manure. Wow. It was stinky. Very stinky. He put him in there. And they let him, he let him stay a little while. And then he went to check on the negative son. And he goes in the room and the son is sitting in the corner sucking his thumb. Wow. He said, these ain't the toys I wanted. And I'm bored. So dad went to the other son. And when he got to that room, that son was digging. And he said, what are you doing? <laughs> and the son thoughtfully said, well, dad, I figured since there was a lot of manure here that if I kept digging, I would find a pony somewhere. This son had the right perspective. No matter what 2023 has done to you, if it's put you in some stinky situation, keep digging. If it's done something to you you can't control, keep digging. Don't let it stop you from looking for the pony. God's got something for you. All you got to do is to keep digging. Keep your eyes on God. And he will. Take care of you. Now, the text here has clearly shown us that we got to forget the past and to live in the present. And I like what the prophet did here. He said that when you do all of that, there's only one thing left to do. In verse 21, he says, The people whom I have formed for myself they might declare my praise. Amen. Forget the past, focus on the present, and you will declare his praise. Yes. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob would show Israel, his chosen nation, that he is God all by himself. Uh, the text says that when God delivers them, that not only will they praise but the animals will praise him. The animals will give him glory. And, and certainly you and I ought to give him glory because he made us a little lower than the angels. So we ought to declare his praise. Now, that word declare is very interesting because it's a word that means score with a mark. It has the sense of, of taking a tally and letting something be known. It, it, it has this idea of, of telling you that this, this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And, and in the realm of praise, there's three levels. That's a high praise, that's a higher praise, and, and the highest praise. 
you, you kind of get the idea when you go to a graduation. There is the cumulati, uh, and, and that's the one that we get the high praise. And then there's the magnum cumulati, and that we get a higher praise. And then there's the summa cumulati. They get the highest praise. And, and when you think about it, and, and you have friends that you'll get, you'll get praise to, that's kind of a high praise. Then you have someone in your life that's really been special to you, that bless you. You'll give them a little higher praise. But there's only one that deserves the highest praise, the summa kulati. And that's God and God alone. And so when it comes to praising God, he gets the best praise that we have. And God wanted to make it known to Israel that when y'all were delivered, you're going to know that it was nobody but God. It was nobody that brought you out of the Babylonian captivity and sent you to a land that you didn't own, but a land that was ready for you. Yeah. Nobody but God. Amen. Israel would be no longer burdened by captivity. They would be free. And then because of their freedom, the prophet says, you're going to do something. You're going to declare his praise. You're going to start taking tally of all that God has done for you. You're going to say that God took care of us. The psalmist in nine, Psalm 9 and 1 says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. Psalm 34 one through three says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Grandma would say when she wanted to praise him, he's been my leaning stick. Uh, he, he's been my midnight rider. And there's an old hymn of the church that says, count your blessings. Name them one by one. And then you're going to see what the Lord has done. Count your many blessings and see what the Lord has done. Maybe that song don't do nothing for you, but another song that they sing is, My God is awesome. He can move mountains. He can keep me in the valley. He can hide me from the pain. All I'm trying to get you to do is that if you're going to move on and let it go, you got to look at the present. And then when you look at the present, start counting your blessings. Start looking at what all God has done for you. And, and if, if I don't convince you enough, I can count my own blessings. Because I got a whole list on my own that I go by all the time. See, I didn't get to where I am today because I've been that good. I didn't get to where I am today that I've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. No, I've been here. I am here because of the grace and mercy of God. You know, I didn't get here to this world in the normal way. I came from a family where my mother already had three children and she was carrying twin boys. But her body couldn't handle it, and so on my birthday, my mother passed. We didn't have a mother, but God had a ram in the bush. If I start counting, I'm going to start my count right there. Not only right there, God gave us a mother. She raised five children on a domestic engineer's salary. That's amazing. 
And she raised these five children in a two-bedroom shack house. She raised these children to understand that God was important and that because of his importance, even though we didn't have a car, we found our way to the Good Hope Church in 1402 Solonier by camp, by somebody else, or somebody else. I'm counting my blessings. I ain't bragging. I'm just counting my blessings to see what the Lord has done because the Lord has done that for me. I don't got to get hung up on what has happened. I don't need to get hung up on the toxicity of this world. No, I'm going to count my blessings. I'm going to keep the right perspective because God's been too good to me. God's been too good to me to hold on to stuff that I don't need to hold on to. God's been too good to me because he's taking care of me. Oh, bless his name. All I'm trying to get you to do is to let it go. Look at what God is doing for you right now. He's been better to you than you've been to yourself. He's taking you from way back yonder to right now. God is a good God. Uh, C.C. Winer says his goodness is chasing after me. And I know that for a fact. Because when I did wrong, he still blessed me. When I didn't do all I needed to do, he blessed me. God has been good to me. she first went to school, she started out with a couple of suitcases and a little chest case that you needed. And so every year when it was time to come home, he would go get her and they would come back. Well, when it was time to graduate, uh, he had to do a little change. Right now. His Honda Civic could no longer carry all of her stuff. Right. So he had to go get a train. So he gets the trailer and attaches it to the Honda Civic with all of her stuff. Yep. And so they began the track back to Illinois, yep. through the hills and through the mountains. Well, a storm came. So as they tried to go up the mountain in the storm, mm, that little Honda Civic started chucking along. So dad tried to cheer up his daughter and sing the little song you know, the, the, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. But they were still struggling. And as the storm got worse and they began to get through it, a trooper showed up. The trooper showed up and, and because at the time he showed up, the Honda Civic was pretty much slowing down. 
Right. And so the trooper stopped him and, and he said to the mom, I mean to the dad and to the daughter, the storm gets worse on the other side of the mountain. Come on, make it plain, make it plain. You can make it, but you got to unhitch the trailer. Yeah. All right now. Dad went left. I done spent all this money. I don't know. And the daughter just lost all of my stuff. I can't need my stuff. Well, the trooper told him, well, you can keep the trailer hitched and go on, but you're going to not make it. Amen. The Civic won't make it through. But if you unhitch the trailer, You'll make it. Come on. Yeah. What you trying to say, preacher? Hey. Unhitch that trailer of that junk you're passing around and keep it on you. Let it go. Until you let it go, you can't move on to what God wants to do for you. I'm not a trooper, but I do have Jesus. And Jesus is the one that can help you to get rid of your stuff. He can help you to get rid of all of your junk. And he can help you to let it go. Amen. So as we end today on this 31st day, if you don't do anything else, you don't have to make you know those resolutions. Don't waste your time doing that. Call on Jesus to get the past, focus on the present, and praise him because you're going to let it go. So that you can do all that God is calling you to do. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his grace upon you. Amen.